I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Editing Podcast. So in this episode we're going to take a look at something that one of our listeners asked us to talk about in relation to editing and proofreading and that's relationship marketing. Mm. So let's start by defining what we mean by the term relationship marketing because it does sound like just another one of those buzzy terms that marketers are so fond of. It really does <laughs> and actually a lot of the things we talk, we're going to talk about today don't really feel like marketing at all. They're more about common sense business practice. Yay, good tips for those who don't like marketing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so essentially, relationship marketing is a type of marketing strategy that focuses on building and maintaining long-term relationships with customers rather than merely emphasising short-term sales transactions. That's right. And its primary goal is to build loyalty, trust and customer retention and therefore repeat business. So it doesn't matter whether you're working for academics, students, fiction authors, businesses, charities or publishers. You're looking to build a relationship with them and make connections that stand the test of time. And so what we're going to look at are some of the key components that you might want to review your editing or proofreading business against. It might well be that you're strong in some, but not so much in others. And it might be that not all of these elements are things you want to pursue, and that's fine. But we're going to consider them so that you have options and ideas for how to use a relationship marketing strategy to grow your business. So first up is personalised communication. So this is all about making time to understand your client's needs, preferences and communication styles. So, for example, we can address them by their names, use personalised email greetings, check we know what their pronouns are and tailor the tone of our replies so that they feel comfortable. So this is an interesting one because generic templates or automatic uh, automated responses can really help us save time, but they can be the absolute death of good editor-client relations, can't they? It, it just rips out the personal touch. You know, it really does. Yeah. And when we consider how often that editor-client relationship is one-to-one, it's really important to get it right. Yeah, especially when we when you think about how some of our clients might be indie authors, students and academics who've never worked with an editor before. They might be mm. nervous about the process. And so building trust and confidence with personalised comms is critical. Absolutely. Even though it takes time, it's still worth doing because of that trust it builds and the longer term impact of that. Yeah. So another key component is um, of a a relationship focused approach to marketing is active listening. I know it's another (laughs) buzz term, (laughs) but it's one that's at the heart of good editing and the professional standards we all aspire to. Yeah, yeah. And so it means what it says on the tin. It's about making sure we're proactive about listening to our clients' concerns, feedback and questions. We're not just paying lip service and saying, we hear what you're saying. It's about going further and showing empathy and understanding. Yeah. So a good tip for doing active listening well is to paraphrase and summarise the points the clients has raised, raised so that you make it clear that you've got it you've engaged with what they've said and understood what they want. Yeah, and that might also mean asking questions so that we get the clarity that we need. Mm. And active listening is something we can do right from the get-go so that we make sure we're on the same page about the editorial service they've asked for. 
that's a really good point because as we've talked about before sometimes we as editors and proofreaders might have a different understanding of the terminology being used around editorial mm. services so it's really important that we take the time to get under the skin of the client and make sure that what we think they want is actually actually what they want <laughs> oh yeah definitely and it can be so tempting if we're really busy uh, for us to make assumptions or even interrupt if we're talking to a client on the phone or on zoom or teams but the truth is that it's much better to listen first yeah and then if there are misunderstandings or the lines have got crossed you can tease that out and when uh, when it's your your turn to speak Mm. one tactic that can be really handy with zoom or teams is to ask if you can record the meeting so that your head isn't down buried buried in note taking do you know that's such a good point because you want to make sure that you don't forget what your clients talked about but if you're staring at a notebook or at another screen making notes you're, you're missing the opportunity to give those visual clues that you're paying attention and also seeing their body yeah, yeah, language yeah, yeah. and their if, if you're on a if you're on a zoom or a team's call definitely those nods and smiles from both sides are small but mighty <laughs> definitely yeah so the next relationship marketing component probably sounds obvious but it does need to be on the list and that's quality and we mean delivering high quality editing and proofreading services that exceed our clients ex- expectations And the key there is exceed, isn't it? Because this comes back to an issue that we've discussed before. Uh, We're an unregulated industry and we can't assume that our clients are always working with people whose professional standards match our own. And so by doing exceptional work and presenting it in a way that's professional and stand out, you can build trust and confidence, which helps to foster longer term relationships and repeat business. And in addition to making sure that your editorial work is top notch, think about the materials that supplement that work. For example, the stuff that's in the editorial pack you send to a client at the end of a job, such as a report or a style sheet, a a letter or any resources. Are they branded consistently? Are they presented neatly and professionally so that they look like you've taken care, taken time during the process of of creating them? It's It's, um, so important. Yeah, Yeah. because if they're sloppy or if they look like they've been thrown together at the last minute or that there's generic that could have been sent to anybody, Mm. that might reflect more widely on a client's perception of your editing ability, even if your editing or proofreading is superb. That's that's so true. True. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, appearances do matter. Yeah. (laughs) That's the end of it. So let's move on to another component, and that's transparency in regarding to your pricing and policies. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to publish your prices on your website because that's not appropriate for everybody. But it does mean that your clients shouldn't get any nasty shocks. I think that's what we want to focus on here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, for example, if you're going to be adding tax like VAT, for example, to your editing services, the client needs to be made aware of that at the outset. And if the project you're working on doesn't lend itself to setting an upfront fee, have a discussion with them so that you can work out a way of keeping track of costs in a way that suits you both. Yeah, that's a really good approach. And the same would apply to turnaround times and confidentiality in relation to their to their work. So make sure your contracts, your contracts, terms and conditions and privacy notices are up to date and that you direct your client to them at the get go. Yeah, straight off. Yeah. So at the other end of the scale, the next component is following up. So after you've completed the project, make sure you check in with your clients so that you can make sure that they are satisfied with the work you've done and that they have the opportunity to give you feedback. 
and maybe even a testimonial for your website. Mm. And if you don't hear from someone for a while and you've done work for them in the past, drop them a line and ask them if there's anything they, that they need help with. Yeah, because the worst thing they can do is say no. And you never know, <laughs> you might have dropped off their radar accidentally. And that, that just that wee nudge just might lead to some work. Yeah. Now, the next component isn't going to be everyone's bag. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Although you and I swear by it. Yes, it is content marketing. <laughs> so <laughs> creating useful content is a great way of showcasing your expertise and your professional insights. And unlike the relationship marketing tips that we've discussed so far, this one is aimed at the clients who haven't yet got to the point of commissioning you. That's right. So you're talking about building relationships with people you haven't met yet so we're talking blog posts social media content newsletters podcast episodes videos and other free resources by sharing solutions to problems you position yourself not only as an authority in the field but a generous one and that helps to create those emotional connections it makes people want to have a business relationship with yeah. you yeah. So our final relationship tip is about networks and partnerships. So are you attending industry events, joining relevant online forums and networking with potential clients? If not, might you start doing so? You could do the same with colleagues or people involved in complementary businesses. Building a strong professional network can lead to referrals and collaborative opportunities. And you might not yet be able to fathom what those are, but perhaps further down the line, you'll look back and realise that X happened because of the effort you made. That's a bit like us, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> we first met at an editorial conference and who'd have known way back then that sitting in that workshop would have led us, led to us doing a podcast together. <laughs> I know, it seems bonkers, but that was the start of it. It really was. Yeah, start up a beautiful friendship and relationship. Yeah. yeah. So to wrap up, relationship marketing is about building meaningful connections and fostering long-term relationships. Good communication really does leave a lasting impression. It does. And that can lead to repeat work, referrals and opportunities for expanding your business in ways you might never, you might not yet have thought of. And if you're someone who gets the jitters about marketing, don't call it marketing. <laughs> no, just call it being professional. <laughs> so that's it from us again. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to help support the editing podcast, we've got a couple of options for you. The first is that you can tip us. Head over to the editingpodcast.captivate.fm forward slash support and make a one-off donation of your choosing. Or you can join our Patreon community for only three quid a month at patreon.com forward slash editing podcast. All our patrons get exclusive access to a large batch of transcripts. And both the links for these are in the show notes. In the meantime, she's been Louise. And she's been Denise. Join us again next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.